You said a few vehicles in pursuit, maybe. We count three war parties. Yeah, well, I got unlucky. Let's do this! Welcome to the Mad Max Minute. Unhitch those pods and drop those rocks, because this is Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 51, which begins with Furiosa calling out to the unseen rock riders, and it ends with Angharid trying not to make too much noise. So Furiosa's pretty patient at the top of today's minute. No one really shows up, and so she just calls out very reassuringly, it's all here. 3,000 gallons of guzzling, just like you asked. And then right around the 8 second mark, we cut back to her and she says that she's going to unhitch the pod and they can drop the rocks. And the way she says 3,000 gallons stood out to me more so than the use of the word guzzling. Back in Road Warrior, they used the phrase gallons at that point as well. And I went back and I listened to it. It's minute 40. It's a very long episode because we had Jerry Porter on as our guest. But we were talking about the scene where Max was negotiating with Papagallo and the other, I guess, compound council members or something like that. And he was talking about how he needs five gallons of high octane and a bunch of diesel and all that and using the unit of measurement gallons. And I thought it was interesting because Australia switched over from the imperial system to the metric system in the 1970s. Not quite a decade before the movie was made, but sometime in that nine-year span, they switched over from Imperial, miles and yards and gallons and all that other stuff, to metric, as far as I know. Well, I tried to do a little bit of digging on this to find out what the typical unit of measure for gasoline is, and I did discover that it's supposed to be liters. That's what the regulations are based on, is liters. But then I was just now looking up what 3,000 gallons of gasoline is worth in Australia. And they start me out like the default measurement is gallons. Huh. And our Australian listeners, is this correct? This is telling me that in Sydney, the average price per gallon is $5.73 Australian dollars. Well, I don't know how much... uh... American dollar compares to an Australian dollar. Well, I can Google Google that too. Yeah, unlike Yuri and Travis, we actually allow ourselves to Google during an episode. (laughs) They love to mention that, that they're a no-Google podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. (sighs) Okay, well, their Australian dollar is worth more than our U.S. dollar. It's one American dollar to 1.4 Australian dollars. So they're five seventy three tab. That's still four dollars and ten cents. That's a lot to us. I think I paid what two thirty five per gallon the other day at the pump. So that is pricey gas. Yeah. So just real quick, do some real super quick math. Seriously, that's insane. So just doing some quick math. This three thousand gallons in Sydney is worth seventeen thousand Australian dollars. And that's in an economy where gas can be just shipped in from around the world at any given time. Yeah. 
given the rarity of gasoline, the dollar amount would in theory be a lot higher in an apocalypse if currency was still a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's equivalent to about $12,000 US. I hear that number and I start to think that it sounds about right because what Furiosa is asking the rock riders to do is to seal off the canyon and make it impassable. The rock riders strike me as the kind of tribe that rely on passages through this rocky area as a source of income. That you drive through these canyons and you run the risk of being attacked by the rock riders. And so what Furiosa is asking and saying, hey, this major avenue that an entire war rig can drive through, I need you to seal it off for me. That is a big ask. And although it's not a permanent situation, it can be changed, as we see further on in the movie. That's a good point. Although I would say that it would be a lot harder for the rock riders to clear that mess away than it was for the war parties because the sheer amount of manpower that Joe and the other town leaders command would make quick work of it. Whereas the rock riders are just a couple dozen guys on motorcycles. They'd have to invest a lot more explosives to break up the rocks tiny enough to get them out of the way. But hey, 3000 gallons of gasoline can make all of that worth it. Then you can also look at it from the point of view of the rock riders as a bonus that there is a larger party than anticipated. So they sell that rock bridge for 3,000 gallons, and then the people chasing them actually clean it up themselves. I mean, then they go destroy it again, but... So the very people that they're trying to keep out end up opening the passageway back up. Yeah. Later on in this minute, once Furiosa talks about how she's going to unhook the pod and they can drop the rocks, she starts walking back towards the pod, and then we hear the sound of motorcycles, and the rock riders show up. And the rock rider chief is the guy with the horns, and he is very upset that Furiosa is being followed by more than just, as she promised in the initial deal, a few vehicles. He says specifically, you said a few vehicles in pursuit, maybe. And then he continues, and as he points... And we get this nice little music sting when he points. He says, we count three war parties. And Furiosa, under her breath, says, yeah, well, I got unlucky. And then she just shouts up, let's do this. I think the Rock Riders, when they initially made this deal, heard 3,000 gallons, blow the bridge, I might be getting chased by a few vehicles. And they thought, oh, well, if we blow the bridge, we might be able to trap some of those vehicles and then get some vehicle parts on top of the gas. And so they might also be really disappointed in the fact that they're going to be blowing up their rock bridge and they aren't going to get the chance to raid on whoever's chasing the war rig. Because I don't think they could have the fuel pod left behind, blow the bridge, and then get that fuel pod far enough away that the war parties don't also go after the fuel pod. I think that all our speculation is for naught because it all goes to hell. I think there are many points along this deal where things could have been advantageous in different ways to the different parties. I think the Rock Riders tried to have it all. They thought they could just win after win after win. I think everybody ends up losing in this deal. From the sound of it, though, it's not a bad deal. If Furiosa was in a situation where she was able to lose any pursuers in the toxic storm and continue across the desert to the canyon without having three entire war parties behind her, 
I could see this deal going off without a hitch. Well, yes, but there's no way, there's no way that Furiosa didn't realize that there would be an entire, at least one entire war party following her. And if she told the Rock Riders, maybe a few vehicles, she was full of shit. There is no way that she actually thought there would only be a few vehicles. Yeah. She lied to them. She flat out lied to them. She is smarter than that. She knew how important the wives are to Joe. That's why she's going through all of this is to get them away from him. She may have been surprised that the other two settlements were called upon so quickly, but honestly, she shouldn't have been. I think that she reasonably can be expected to expect all three war parties to be chasing her. So I think she lied to the Rock Riders. Okay. I didn't even consider that. I kind of figured that she was just above board with the whole situation. That it was just as simple as I give you gasoline, you give me an explosion, and that was it. Although now that you bring it up, I can definitely envision the Rock Rider chief either working with Furiosa or through an intermediary being like, hey, how much heat can we expect from this? How much travel am I going to have to avoid in order to keep my boys from getting hurt? And Furiosa hiding the fact that all of hell is going to follow after her and just downplay it. Because the Rock Rider Chief is like taken aback, it seems. And he does seem upset. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that one reason that he's upset is that he is incurring the wrath of all three settlements. Oh, absolutely. The Rock Riders are able to survive in this area because they are the masters of their terrain. But Gastown, Bullet Farm, and the Citadel have so much raw manpower with their warboy armies that they can just send their guys out into the territory and hunt down the Rock Riders and obliterate them if they so wanted. I think they could accomplish that. And even if they couldn't do a thorough job, even if they couldn't, you know route every last rock rider they could definitely drive them away mm -hmm. drive them out as far as the rock rider chief is concerned if this guy sounds familiar to anyone his name is stephen dunleavy and he has been performing as a stuntman since around 2007 and i bring him up because he was one of the actors in a show on stars called spartacus he played one of the gladiators specifically the one called The Egyptian. Now, it's been a long time since we watched that show. I think it was running between 2012 and 2014. And I think we only watched... The 2010. First... 2010. I think we only watched the first couple of seasons. But it was pretty good. It had Lucy Lawless in it, mm -hmm. which is what I liked. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Oh, he was uncredited. He does look very Egyptian. The straight features and strong jaw. At least, he looks very movie Egyptian. Okay. I haven't the faintest idea what actual... Egyptians look like. Well, considering that they had a lot of Australian actors in the Gods of Egypt movie. Right. I don't think they know what Egyptians look like either. <laughs> but as we go further into the minute, as I mentioned, Furiosa says, yeah, well, I got unlucky and then shouts, let's do this. I was reminded of Darth Vader in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Furiosa has altered the deal and the Rock Rider Chief should pray that she does not alter it any further. Oh, she's going to alter it further. <laughs> and really, the last 30 seconds of this minute, with Furiosa walking back towards the pod 
and Max in the hole. It's like, we're just waiting on something to go wrong. And then Ang Herod pipes up, throwing a bit of a wrench into the system. She does. So I want to discuss what is happening to Ang Herod. Okay. My first assumption was that she was having Braxton Hicks contractions, which are false contractions. They don't lead to birth. They don't start the process of the cervix opening, allowing birth to happen. It's just contracting of the muscles around the belly and the abdomen. I consulted with a friend of mine who has experienced them, and she describes them not as sharp pains that would make you cry out almost involuntarily, but more of radiating cramping that can be kept silent. So I'm kind of wondering what's going on here. It might be a case of she's gasping more in surprise, like, oh, this is something I haven't felt before. Yeah. What's going on? I guess I can see that happening, but from what I understand of Braxton Hicks' contractions, it's not enough to make you cry out. Yeah. And so cr- suck it up, Ingrid. And the crying out is the part that really worries people because you see Ang Harrod and she's holding on to her stomach and then we cut back to the tanker and all of the other wives react because they can hear it happening and they know that they need to be quiet in this situation. Furiosa is supposed to be alone and so each one of them go from just kind of focusing on being quiet to looking up surprised in some way and Furiosa keeps walking but you can tell that she has got to hear it too. As quiet as Inherit's trying to be, she's still making enough noise. But really, I think Furiosa's more worried by the fact that in the distance you can see past the natural bridge that the Bigfoot, Rictus's vehicle, is coming around that corner. And as we cut up to the edge of the canyon, the Rock Rider Chief turns his head and he sees the vehicles coming too. A whole lot of them. It feels like a bit of a standoff. Like, the danger is imminent. Who is going to make a move first? Is it going to have to be Furiosa to unhitch the pod? Or is it going to have to be the Rock Rider Chief to make the signal to bring down the bridge? It's a game of chicken in an odd way. Yeah. In my notes, I describe it as dominoes falling into place. I think falling is right. Yeah. And the look on Furiosa's face, she knows that her time is short. She doesn't have time to be messing around with the Rock Riders anymore. Something needs to happen right about now. And we cut back into the war rig here at the tail end of the minute, right around second 58 or so. And Ang Herod, she clasps her hands over her mouth. And then in my notes, I say she's covering a sneeze because her hair gets flipped out by a burst of air. So I don't know if she's gasping and the air is being pushed out to the side by her hands or if she actually is sneezing. I heard sneeze. I was a little surprised to see in your notes that you call it a sneeze. That didn't even occur to me. I don't disagree with your assessment. It just didn't occur to me that she was sneezing. My assumption was that she was covering her mouth for another involuntary gasp of pain, which again is not very accurate to Braxton Hicks contractions but we need the tension so exactly and i suppose there's a chance that she's not having braxton hicks contractions that she's having actual contractions although again the friend that i spoke to about contractions she said her contractions did not become so painful that she couldn't help but cry out until after her water broke yeah which if this is her first contraction 
she's got time. So I guess we'll have to wait and see if they continue. Because honestly, I don't remember if they continue or if this is an isolated incident. I'm pretty sure this is an isolated incident. I don't want to be too fatalistic about it, but Ang Herod's minutes are numbered. Yeah. Here at the end of the minute, and by extension, the end of the week, we've gone through three days of just a slow burn build of tension towards the next action scene. We started off with the setting of the scene where Furiosa was talking about this deal that she's making and she's not quite sure how it's going to shake out. She might need Max to drive the war rig. There was a lot of ground laying and then there was a lot of uncertainty on Wednesday and that uncertainty started to become justified today. So I think this is an example of a scene where when you break it up into one minute chunks that it can get a little bogged down. Yeah. I agree. I think too much discussion of tension destroys it. We've talked before about breaking down comedy and how it makes it not funny anymore. Yeah. The same thing. The nice thing about this movie is that I feel like there's been enough surrounding the minutes that we haven't had to focus too much on the fact that, oh, it's so tense. What are they going to do? Yeah. Hopefully we didn't overdo it. Yeah. If that was the only thing we mentioned over the course of this week, I feel like we did not do a good job. But the nice thing is that we are going to be getting into a right proper action scene in the week ahead. So with that, we'll be back on Monday. The proverbial shit will hit the fan as all hell breaks loose and the canyon descends into chaos. The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Bautista of DanielBautista.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Tee Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full. Thank you for joining us for Minute 51 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time. <laughs>